Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Some People Call That Jesus. We'll be continuing our studies and our learning and kind of a string of topics what we've been going through, but today we're going to be looking at something interesting that's really interested me as of late, and it's something new I've been learning and studying the Bible and found it to be very helpful. I hope it's helpful for you as well, but looking at the role of your conscience, or particularly what the Bible says about a good conscience or a clear conscience, and really the value of it. We've been looking in a couple episodes on different things to value, um, such as the Bible we talked about last episode. Now we're going to look at the value of a good conscience, the function of it, the role of it, some of the things relating to it, how it impacts your life, whether good or bad. So we're going to break those down. And one note with this episode is that there'll be several verses. Sometimes I keep the points and the verses more simple, so it's easier to follow. There will be in this one several verses in total that we'll kind of cover for certain points. Um, Not that we'll read all the verses in their entirety. But if you want to know any of the verses, again, on the Instagram account, you can feel free to reach out, get any of these reference points, notes, verses. If you didn't catch them during the episode and want a list of them, I'm happy to send that to you. So feel free to reach out on there. Um, But really, what is the role of your conscience or what is your conscience? A few different ways to describe this and define this, but my definition here, and just what we're working with today and the perspective I'm using, really it's this, it's in your mind, and it's this instrument of your mind for determining right and wrong. It's kind of a sense, people call it a a gut feeling, or it's close to intuition, but a little bit different in its definition. But conscience, I just describe it as this tool or instrument of the mind that we use to discern right or wrong. And then I especially, I put down situationally. Because really to get the sense or feeling in a moment, in a situation, in the midst of a conversation to know right or wrong, which as we look at these different points will really play into the benefits that this instrument has for us. So the first point in looking at the conscience and the role of our conscience to the mind and how it relates in our spiritual life, the first verse is Romans chapter 9 verse 1. And this is Paul speaking. He wrote this letter of Romans. And what he says in this verse is, I speak the truth in Christ. I'm not lying. My conscience confirms it in the Holy Spirit. Or the way I put it down is that our conscience collaborates with the Holy Spirit. And again, the reference is Romans chapter 9, verse 1. That our conscience is, in determining right or wrong, is strengthened, is empowered, whatever word you want to use there, by the Holy Spirit. And our relationship with God has an important function. That's why God designed us with that in our minds. Not just having it in mind when he made us, but literally in our minds. He designed this function of our brain and our mind, and that the Holy Spirit works with it to help us determine right or wrong. So it's a really cool partnership of the Holy Spirit and technically, in the technical aspect, how it works with our minds. So your conscience collaborates with the Holy Spirit. Now looking further into the role of conscience, that has a very important function, an important connection with God. But there's also, when I talked about some of the negative side of it, is that there's issues when our conscience can can be messed with particularly as the result of sin. This powerful instrument of the mind can be messed with, tampered with, made less effective by the influence of sin, which is very detrimental. Again, when you're trying to determine what is right and what is wrong, so you can make decisions accordingly, so that you can behave accurately, you want to be able to have that discernment to say, this is the right decision, this is wrong. Morally right, morally wrong. Ethically right, ethically wrong. All those different categories. So the second verse we're looking at relates to sin as a stain or as an issue that it causes with your conscience. And we're going to be looking at the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 1, verses 18, or sorry, just verse 18, Isaiah 1, 18, and this is what it says fully. 
Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. So God is talking about the forgiveness of sins here. And I relate this to our conscience because here it says sins are like scarlet or as red as crimson. But by God's forgiveness and the provision that he has made for us in order to be forgiven, it changes that scarlet to white, white as snow. Instead of being like crimson, it shall be like wool. And that sin as a stain on the conscience, it can be cleansed. It can be removed by the provision that God has made, which we'll get into in a couple points. Understanding there is a way out of the situation that we're in and of the negative impact of sin and that it has upon our minds. So building on this sin is a stain on the conscience. We're going to be looking at our next verse, flipping over to the New Testament, which I'm doing right now as well, in the small book of Titus. And Titus just has a couple chapters here. So it's Titus chapter 1, verse 15 just a little bit before the big book of Hebrews. So Titus 1, verse 15, it says this, To the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are corrupted and do not believe, nothing is pure. In fact, both their minds and consciences are corrupted. So the note or summary that I put it in, or words I put it in, is that the innocence of your mind and your conscience is destroyed by sin and unbelief. When we let doubt and unbelief stay in our mind as opposed to the faith that comes from the Bible, and when that sin remains in us and has not been forgiven, has not been cleansed by the provision God has made, it, we, the innocence of our mind is lost. The function of our conscience is tampered with. It's not functioning properly. So you can't expect to make those accurate, good decisions, decisions in line with what God wants you to do, if your conscience is all disturbed and messed up by the presence of sin and unbelief in your life. So they have these issues that really build up when the conscience is messed with. But here's the amazing provision, and this is the key point before we start getting into the benefits of your conscience and that function of your mind. We're going to look here at what the good news is, seeing that something is wrong and taking place in our minds, that we need a reset on it. You know, we need to be cleansed. We need to have a clear conscience in order for the conscience to be good and functioning properly. So on to the next verse, which is close by here, a little bit further towards the back of the Bible from Titus. It's the book of 1 John. So you just turn a little bit over. 1 John chapter 1 as well. And it's 1 John chapter 1, verses 7 through 9. And it's a little bit of a longer section, but very powerful words. Break it down a little bit in a second. I'll just want to read through all three of those verses for the full impact. So again, 1 John 1, verses Sorry, 1 John chapter 1, verses 7 through 9. And it says this, But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his Son, purifies us from all sin. Verse 8, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to purify us from all unrighteousness. So the main point here to walk away from, those are great verses to meditate on and to study in more detail, of course, so take the time to do that. I encourage you to do so. But his blood washes us fully clean. That is the sacrifice of Jesus, him dying on the cross for your sins. One of the amazing benefits is that your sins and any acts of unrighteousness, breaking of God's law, they are all forgiven in that moment when you accept Jesus, even if you mess up 
as a Christian, when you confess your sins, it says he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. We ask for it, right? We ask for forgiveness, but it's his faithfulness and his justice that is seeing the process through so that you come out fully forgiven. And this is important information to know so that you're, you can understand and really let it sink into your mind that I should have a clear conscience because I know that every single spot or blemish upon my mind, my heart, that was caused by the sin I committed is fully taken care of by the sacrifice that Jesus has done for me. So that's very encouraging and empowering to have that in mind. So again, this is the good news. We've talked a little bit so far about the role of the conscience, how it's affected by sin and unbelief and how that degrades in our mind, but Jesus setting us right, resetting us back to the way we were supposed to be, to the way that the mind was supposed to function. And the more you stay in the Bible, particularly with verses like this, but any study of the word, you're continuing to increase that conscience, which we'll look at in a second as well. But you can operate from a fully clean reset standpoint, which is very encouraging because many times, even if you ask for forgiveness, when you're ignorant of this part of the Bible, you can still feel guilty. You're still very hard on yourself. You haven't forgiven yourself in a way, but you can just go back knowing that in Jesus, God has fully forgiven you. So maybe it's time to start forgiving yourself as well. So that's the good news that this all hinges on. Now, going from this, I want to look at three main points to the benefits of your conscience. And again, feel free to reach out to me if you need these references and notes, because I feel like it's a little bit more than what we normally do in an episode and a few more references than normal. So we continue on the benefits of conscience. And this is not comprehensive in any way. You may find many benefits yourself as you study the Bible, and I hope you do and maybe even share with me one day. But here's just a couple that when our conscience is cleared, and made right by what Jesus has done, by accepting him, by asking for forgiveness of the sins and the faults we've committed, we can now begin to use and grow our conscience properly. It becomes, goes from a clear conscience to a good conscience, a tool or an instrument that we can use situationally. And this is practical for everyday life. This is a huge advantage for a Christian in any life situation, being able to discern what is right or wrong in the moment, even situationally. So the first verse, the first couple are in 1 Timothy, which is right around Titus and 1 John, which we've been looking at. So the first verse of the benefits to conscience, or a good conscience, is 1 Timothy 1.5. So the very beginning of 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy 1.5, and it says this, The goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. So the command to love one another, to show the love of God in all of our relationships and interactions, Paul is writing to his disciple Timothy, and he says there's three main things that help us fulfill this command of love, and it's a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. And this was really new to me. I didn't know before, I didn't understand before that having a clear and good functioning conscience is important to how we show love to one another or more specifically, how the love of God that is in us is shared to those around us, is when we have a good conscience. It's hard to do things confidently or know you're doing them in love if your conscience is clouded and your mind is not in the right place. So it's a very important function in how we love, which was something very new for me. There in 1 Timothy chapter 1 as well, we start to look at the next point to the benefits of a good conscience. And it's verses... 18 and 19 in chapter 1 there of Timothy, which you can look through and read. But in summary, 
you need a good conscience to fight the good fight of faith every day. And I kind of picture it this way. When the Bible gives you instruction to show you where you're going, what you need to do, when you know what's going to happen in the future, the prophecies and the good news that God gives us about tomorrow, you use those things to help determine what, what direction you go today, help you make decisions today. It's kind of like I have to always have a visual with it. I picture like you want to know where you're going. People, you know, they use the North Star in the sky. And as long as you're heading towards the North Star, everything you do on your ship, in your car, whatever you want to say, as long as you're headed in that direction, using that single point, you know you're headed the right way. So similarly, it says you need to have a good conscience. You need to know day by day you are making good decisions. And I don't just mean that's kind of beneficial. I mean good in the sense of the Bible. You're making morally right decisions. You're making the godly decisions that he instructs us to make and empowers us to make by the Holy Spirit. So you need to be able to make decisions in your life, no matter what area of life it is, with a good conscience knowing you are doing the right thing. You are doing what God has instructed you to do. You're doing it in faith. That means with confidence and assurance, knowing that you're headed towards a goal of heaven, that you're headed towards a goal of what God wants you to do for your life. So it's very important to have that in the fight of faith every day, to fight the good fight, as the Bible says. So I really like that because when your conscience is clouded, you don't do things with full confidence. You kind of are operating in doubt and you're uncertain. And that's really no way to make a decision and have the best results to come out of it. So you need it to fight a good fight of faith. And the third point here and benefits of a good conscience, again, not comprehensive by any means, but just highlighting a few key points that were new and important for me, is that spiritual maturity involves exercising discernment. So in a different way to put it, just to make it a little bit more digestible, as I'm still learning this point and this principle myself, um, and the scripture is Hebrews 5.14, just right here after Timothy and Titus, Hebrews 5.14. But it talks about that if you want to recognize a sign, whether for yourself or in someone else, of a good conscience or spiritual maturity. It's someone who can exercise discernment, who can not get caught up in potential gray areas, but can see things for what they are, black and white, the good and the evil, and make a decision accordingly. And again, about this conscience being an appropriate and necessary instrument of our minds to use situationally, I mean, you can see times where I just always draw upon examples from the workplace. You don't always have time to put a decision on hold and go search the Bible for a couple days and come back with your decision. Like I could be in a meeting at work and I have to make a decision, a decision, a judgment call right there in the moment. You've probably had many circumstances like this. Or you're in a conversation with a family member or a friend and they need an answer right then. You need to give a response right then that's the right thing to do, that's the right words to say. You don't have time again to put it on pause and to go study your Bible or do something that would be very helpful. But in the moment, you have to make that decision. And this is where the sense or the feeling or the unction, there's a few different words you can describe it with, of a good conscience, knowing it's partners again with the Holy Spirit, like we read in Romans 9.1, and knowing that in spiritual maturity, this ability is being sharpened and developed day by day as you spend time with God in prayer and in the Bible with other believers. And particularly in Hebrews 5.14 here, it says, this is uh, this sense when it goes through constant use. You actually use it. This is the practical piece. You put it to work in situations and relationships and problems, exercising discernment so that it grows and it's sharpened. And it talks about it here and even in Hebrews 4.12, if you want to turn back to the chapter previous to that and look at it later as well, is that 
when you dive into more of the truths, especially the deeper truths of the Bible, that it helps you grow in this maturity. And so this is one important sign of spiritual maturity, someone who has this discernment. This is very important in church leadership or any type of leadership role for a Christian to operate in. We need to, by the Holy Spirit in us, to set the example of making the correct decisions, saying the right things, exhibiting the right behaviors that show God's ethics and his morals and what he wants us to do. And this is all possible through the Holy Spirit working with our conscience making it clean and clear by the work that Jesus did on the cross for us, and developing it by the word in a relationship with God, and exercising and using it as much as possible so that you can have an impact on this world in a positive way and those around you. So feel free to listen to this again, because again, this was a new subject for me. I never really studied it out or explored it in this type of way. And look over these different references and verses very carefully, because this is such an important function such a huge advantage that God has given Christians for operating in this world, for making an impact, and for honestly living a life of excellence in a way that we can show that we come from the direction of God, that we are operating a level according to his word, and getting things that the world can achieve because they might not be operating with this clean, good, clear conscience that we have thanks to the work of Jesus. So I hope you learned something new from this episode. Again, study it in more detail. Please add your own notes, your own thoughts to it, and I hope it was a blessing to you, and I look forward to studying more interesting and new topics as we get further along. Thank you.